Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Welcome to Money Roots, the podcast where personal finance gets personal. Hosted by Amy Irvine, the CEO of Rooted Planning Group. Each week, Amy and her team dig deep into the world of finance, making it more approachable and understandable for everyone, no matter where you are on your financial journey. From savings and investments to budgeting and planning, Money Roots brings you practical advice, inspiring stories, and expert insights. They believe that everyone has the potential to grow a healthy financial future, and they're here to help you nurture it. So whether you're a financial guru or just starting to plant the seeds of your financial knowledge, this is the place for you. Get ready to uncover the tools and strategies that can help you thrive financially. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode of Money Roots. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this episode of Money Roots. If you've been listening this month, you have heard my voice. I'm Kate Welker, one of the financial planners at Ritted Planning Group, and I am running the podcast a little bit through February. Amy will be joining me as well, and you'll hear from her, but I've been this month having some conversations around money and relationships, and today I am joined by Sheila Neesom. Sheila is a licensed clinical social worker, and she's joining me today to continue our discussion about this topic. Welcome, Sheila. I have been looking forward to this conversation since we started talking about it two or three weeks ago. Um, I'll let you say hello and share a little bit more about yourself. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to, to join. And I always love talking about relationships <laughs> and money is, is a great topic. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and I work individually with folks in psychotherapy, teens through the adult lifespan on all kinds of different issues. And those can be relational all kinds of different emotional issues, just plain old life. And money is, money's in there too. (laughs) So yeah, that's the work that I do here. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. And I know you and I have had some conversations in the past about money and just kind of talking about some of the situations that you get into and realize that there's money, money intertwines with so many parts of our lives. Complicated or not. So, well, and kind of speaking of complicated, I'll often say money's complicated. It's not at the roots, but so much we make it complicated. And when you get into the psychology around money, it's even more complicated. It, you know, can go deeper into our background and into our values. Is there anything that, you know, you could share about what you've learned about how people relate to relate to money? I have to say, as as much as I've practiced and worked with folks, I've learned a lot about money in my own money relationship journey mm-hmm. and in, in my own partnership with my partner around money, because I think, as you said, like each of us has a different history and associations and feelings and stories around money and what money represents. Mm-hmm. 
and just the issue of talking about money, it, as simple as that may sound, I think is, is a pretty loaded one for many of us. And um, usually in relationship, one or the other person is more comfortable um, dealing with, talking about, managing, addressing issues around money. And so navigating that space is, is as you said, complicated and, mm-hmm. and rich for growth and learning, but not always easy. No, not at all. And to your point about often in a relationship, one is more comfortable with it or just tends to do it because it's easier. Mm -hmm. That is something that when I'm working with couples, I'm always trying to speak, make sure I'm speaking to the one that's not the primary quote money person because I've had some situations. I, I remember an engagement, it was like a six month engagement. I finished with a couple in the last meeting she said to me, and I'm not doing this to like brag about us, but she said to me, you're the first person who's ever looked at me and talked to me in a conversation, which I, you know, was really stunned me. But her partner was just very money savvy and kind of laid out like, this is what we're doing. What do you think? And she just kind of was along for the ride a little bit too. And and they had had some struggles themselves about where they were and what their goals were. It's dicey. I mean, like, like so many different parts of life, it's not, it's not easy and straightforward, but but I think um, figuring out like what your what your anxieties are about money. I was the partner in the couple who brought more uh, hesitancy and the lack of confidence and certainly nervous feelings about just addressing the issue of money, even some stuff that like just didn't seem hard for my partner. It was just like basic. He was really just grew up with a different frame around it and, and learned a lot of different skills. And I think when you don't have that, it can just be intimidating. And, you know, you figure it out along the way and you get by, but not having a sense of agency around money can be such a roadblock for individuals in their relationships and in being able to even know like, what are my opinions? How do I feel? And, and where do those come from? Right. Being curious and digging deeper and then being able to have compassion mm-hmm. for yourself as you, as you kind of learn. Um, it's a process. Yeah, it really is a process. And you had mentioned kind of the way you were raised. I think so often it, it impacts like your childhood on the money conversations, the money situation. I, when you talk about kind of your hierarchy of needs and where you're comfortable, mm. and this is, I'm sure come out on, I think even the last podcast I did talking about some finding out about my own personal mm-hmm you know, I'm kind of a security person mm-hmm. and my spouse is not so much because that was mm-hmm. not part of our backgrounds. Like we had very mm-hmm. different backgrounds growing up. Mm-hmm. So are, are there things like that you can think about to be cognizant in your background, maybe that might, might cause some feelings, whether it's true or not, you just feel that way. Absolutely. You feel how you feel. I think there's a, there can be in, in couples, I think like somebody more money avoidant and somebody more like just with more of a sense of um, confidence and engagement with money. And I think thinking about like, what was your money story? What's your money Mm -hmm. story? Just each of us individually, like maybe you had enough and your partner also had enough, but the way the parents dealt with it, avoiding bills or being really on top of it and being planners and not fighting or fighting or worrying about electricity getting cut off, whatever, you know, all, Mm -hmm. all kinds of different situations exist out there and they unconsciously just play a part in building our feelings about what money means, you know, Mm -hmm. 
for lots of people, it's, it's, there's a huge range of what it, what it symbolizes. It can symbolize luxury and freedom and status, or there can be scarcity and, you know, just all kinds of anxieties and deprivations around um, making money, having enough money. What does enough even mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's been an interesting conversation. You know, what is enough to make both people feel secure, especially if one person is the security person and the other person may be like, oh, we're great. We're doing amazing. I'm not worried. And the other person (laughs) may have a completely different lens. Yeah. So really being open and appreciating, like it's like you put on your glasses and and have to realize your partner's wearing different glasses and each person in the room has their own individual set of glasses that they see this perspective through. I love that. I've not thought of that one before. Mm -hmm. I really like that about the glasses because like you said, so many things in your background are going to give you a different kind of view on the world. And I find it so interesting how some people almost flip the way that they were raised and do Mm -hmm. something completely opposite. And how many people are like, well, this is the way my family did it. This is the way I'm going to do it. Whether it's a positive or a negative type of feeling or connotation, they'll just carry that through. That's interesting. I'll note also that I sometimes see the flip of that, which is, oh my gosh, I do not want to raise my kid with these kinds of habits or worries. So I'm going to go the opposite direction. Yeah. The overcorrect. (laughs) Yeah. And, And even around money, like if you, if you start out as being someone anxious and ambivalent about money and you kind of grow into and learn more and feel more steady and empowered in having agency, you definitely can change your relationship with it. Mm -hmm. I... So talking about a little bit communication and because relationships so much in communication, you know, it impacted me. So I've been in, we'll quote, in a money related field for um, a number of years. (laughs) We'll leave it there. Uh, You know, about 20 years that I've been focusing on this direction. And I only within the last, you know, handful of years have really gotten more into some of this about your, your views and the psychology of money and realizing things about myself that have given my own views and in my relationship and my spouse and how we're different and the same. And really kind of getting to the heart of that, to me, was like kind of an eye opener that, oh, I think this way because of this. And he thinks this way because of this. Um, and that might be why if we have you know points of contention or not around our money, mm-hmm. kind of where it's coming from. Um, so I thought I've encouraged people to have conversations. But is there anything you'd recommend when you are trying to open up that communication with your spouse or partner and learn a little bit more about how you're different? Absolutely. Like so many things, you're, you're coming from different realities or, you know, just different, different personal experiences. And I think it's super important to talk about money early on and frequently like money meetings or, you know, money, I don't know, money conversations. They, you know, for, and for what, again, like to kind of point to the discrepancy, one person can really look forward to these meetings yeah. or conversations and the other person may just dread them. And I can remember early conversations when my partner, when my husband and I put our money together, mm-hmm. that I would come to these conversations and I would just start goofing around and giggling. And my husband would be like, are you nervous? Like, what is going on with you? And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Like, I just, I don't know where we are, what's going on. And I feel, what am I bringing to the table? Like, there was just so much you know, just uncomfortable feelings there. And over time we kept having these meetings and they grew and I did my own work and research around getting more literate. And that was so helpful and having a sense of agency and and empowerment and, and feeling like more able to like, even know like the terminology Mm -hmm. because like that's never been my personal interest and orientation. 
different for my spouse. And so even just the language, like how do you come together when you have different interests, languages, feelings about experience with not just dealing with the money you have, but thinking about planning, even planning is even a thing. What? I mean, some people are just by the seat of their pants. And if you grow up more that way, not with planners as parents, you know, you you just don't necessarily get that model. And Mm so you can really learn a lot from your partner. You have to be able to listen and hear each other and stay really calm and respectful. It can get heated. You know, it can get, can get um, uncomfortable. Yes. That um, we see that as I'm sure you can imagine as well. And, Mm -hmm. And not, and it's not generally an anger thing. It's just, it's a, it's a lot of emotions and learning and learning to listen and take their view. And you do quite often see those strong, like anxiety can be one fear. Sure. Sometimes a little bit of like a lack of confidence. Now it's coming out and I don't know this and how do I do it? And, I, you know, I, I would say a, a plug for both of our types of services is finding someone to help you facilitate conversations Amen. can be very helpful. <laughs> yes. 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 I, I think it's like, I mean, growing up, right? Money and sex were like the things you don't necessarily talk yes. about. These are the things we need to be talking about with each other. <laughs> and and even just in, in our money as women, I think mm-hmm. there's this piece about gender, I think, in heteronormative relationships of like, oh, you know, I grew up, my dad did all the bills, right? Or who, who did the bills? Who worked? Some of these messages, these cultural mirrors, they, they inform our experiences without us even knowing it. We just absorb it because it's in the air, like oxygen. So even just being able to talk about these things... And even with my friends, I think now we, we we can talk more these days than when I was growing up about money and working and what does it mean? You know, what does it, what does it mean? Yeah, no, I love that. And you're very right on um, kind of the gender side. And a lot of times when I'm dealing with someone that's maybe anxious about it or not confident, it's just because they didn't have these skills growing up. They weren't taught, they weren't in conversation. So it's really starting and they have often felt like they've been looked down upon when they've asked questions. So they just kind of stop and then it's it delves in and then they can bring that to a relationship and the same thing. I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm you know stupid. I don't understand this. That's not the case at all. But that's what I hear. Like, and I'll hear those exact words. I'm like, no, it's just you've never been given the tools and the tools to feel confident and then have those conversations and move into the next step. Yeah, I think that I see that and hear that too in my from from my side of things. And I think, as you said a few minutes ago, finding someone um, from the financial side, from the emotional side, to kind of help each of us or, or couples, either individually or as a couple, kind of work through like, well, what's the barrier? What what's the obstacle? What's the association? What what's the sort of client uh, identified problem in quotes mm-hmm. or struggle? And how do we understand it and and help make the conversation, uh, make a space for the conversation? That's really the first order of business. So finding somebody comfortable to talk with and partner with. And there are skills and there there's so much um, there are so many resources out there. I think finding um, a professional person versus reading stuff online and reading books, you know, it's a different experience. But when it's accessible and, and possible to, to work with someone, I think is so impactful, so mm-hmm. helpful. You had touched on something earlier that I actually was hoping we could we could delve into too. So I was glad to hear it. And that was you made a comment about when someone is combining their money. And this can be a big step in a relationship. And oh, yes. I'll sometimes have couples come and they've had things separate. And mm-hmm. I hear such different perspectives mm-hmm. across the gamut of people that are like, you know, it's just ours. It's just ours. And it's not like it was even a 
question, but then sometimes it's great. Sometimes there's issues mm-hmm. with that. And then other times it's, it's everything separate and nothing's combined. And we will sometimes talk through some strategies. And I think quite often, again, these money stories play into those decisions. Yeah, yeah. And I do think sometimes it's a bit of you know, fear and, and, you know, it's scary to combine money with someone. You might trust them with everything else, but sometimes it's that money. So are there maybe things that you've seen or some ideas or, or ways to um, maybe some protection or levels of comfort? I've seen different things play out as I'm sure you have too around this. I think relationally being able to understand how did you all decide to, was it a decision? You know, like you said, was it even something that was a thought or was it just like, oh, just everything is shared, right? And for some couples, the idea of combining and sharing is so threatening. Um, it, it kind of gets into feelings about dependency and yeah. trust, but also autonomy and freedom. And do I want to be surveilled? Do I want somebody seeing all my expenditures? Or do I want to keep some to myself? And what, how, how does this impact decision-making? And even the decision to think about doing something with combined money, maybe the first combined money as a small account. Like I like to think about working with folks on small steps mm-hmm. in the way that I work. It's pretty overwhelming to think about making changes, frankly, and especially big ones. And they can feel really abstract and they can feel really scary, mm. even if they're ultimately and intellectually like to our benefit. So I think just starting with something small is is helpful. Like let's let's make us time and talk about money. Let's think about, well, what am I, what do we want? Why are we combining money? If, if the question is, are we going to combine and why or why not? How do we feel about it? How do we think about it? What are our worries? What are our hopes? What are the pitfalls? How are we going to are we going to check out pers- purchases with each other above this amount? Or are mm-hmm. we going to set a budget? Like, what's this shared money about? Is it household? I mean, there's just, uh, we can have layers of questions and conversations, but being able to really be um, be in dialogue about money and sharing or not sharing, just like you would any other part of your relationship, have to navigate and have communication, good communication around. I think it's a subject that some couples really avoid. And when that's been the case, I think things can really get played out or control issues can happen. There are, you know, there's the question of before people, if folks are getting married and thinking about a marriage, is there a prenup? And that's its own podcast, probably. (laughs) So talk about emotions. Right. But on the flip side, a safety, security, protection for someone that's very um, insecure in that regard. I would imagine so. And okay, so let's think about that as a spectrum. On the lower end, if prenup is the high end of that yeah. spectrum, a lower end might be, okay, let's combine money for these 10 or 20 items, bills, situations, but let's each keep some of our own money. Some some people find that in their relationship that having some money that is their own or mm-hmm. separate, not necessarily hidden at all, but just separate that there's a sense of like, well, this is just mine to do with whatever, mm-hmm. not something I need to discuss. Like it has to do with autonomy and how you're seeing your needs and how you're seeing your feelings and wants, wants and needs. Yeah. And and whether that or not that needs to be negotiated or discussed, I suppose. Yeah. I, I like the phrasing you use there about like autonomy and, and being discussed. Again, everyone's going to come to their own place, but sometimes we find that having that yours, mine, and ours. So those, mm-hmm. those accounts that you're designating, these are my accounts that I don't have to ask those questions because even in a healthy relationship, 
And, and I've had these conversations where, you know, one spouse is like, I never care what they spend, but the, mm-hmm. you know, the other partner does. They, they constantly are, are feeling mm-hmm. like they've got to answer for their spending and it's a miscommunication and having communication. So I'm just thinking, you know, if, if someone that is listening and maybe you find that you feel like you have a, maybe you've had a solid relationship, but sometimes money issues like that come up and you don't know why, I would just kind of encourage mm-hmm. you to maybe take a step back mm-hmm. and look at why are you feeling that way or why mm-hmm. is your partner potentially feeling that way. And it's something that you're doing or saying, creating an uncomfortable situation for them just because of something in their, in their norms and values that create tension that might not be apparent on the surface, but is it's there. I really like what, what you just said about kind of trying to dig deeper beneath the surface of the miscommunication or the conflict. And I always think the money, like we can talk about the money with numbers on a spreadsheet or on a piece of paper, but there's so much emotion that informs how we come to the money conversation. So understanding like what's so upsetting about this, just understanding that as bad as it may feel and as messy as it might be to have these conversations, like you're having them to try and understand what is it, what is really the issue about? It's not only about the money. The money probably symbolizes something and and, we, and certainly is important in and of itself, but also that there's so much that impacts it. Mm-hmm. Um, from a psychological standpoint, as you said, so much security and feeling taken care of or worries about that or trust, many, many different things we could feel, but it all plays out. I it was just kind of thinking about some couples and conversations and, and again, even in my own life, and it, it can absolutely be scary. And this is... I, you know, we're going beyond this as a podcast about money, but life as well. So <laughs> where I'm dealing with money quite often in situations, you're dealing with all sorts of issues and relationships. And there is something about coming together with your partner. It's absolutely scary, especially yeah. if you're the insecure person to bring up those points and questions. Yes. But to ha- start having those conversations and to get on the same page is just, it's such a huge step. And then to know where you are together. I agree. And and to, to know that like, just because it's scary doesn't mean it's dangerous or bad, you know, scary, like vulnerable making nerve, you know, anxiety producing, but for the greater good, hopefully, ideally of being able to understand one another more and come to figure out together what you want or what needs to happen. Mm -hmm. No, I do like that. And in small steps, as you said, you may have a partner who is just totally oblivious to the fact that you have concerns or these feelings. So don't make the assumption that they know they know anything or why you're there. Never assume anything. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Check it out. Check it um, out and give each other space if it gets too dicey. Take a break. <laughs> it's okay to take a time out. And sometimes very important too. And then just say, okay, let's come back to this. When can we come back to this? One partner may say, I want to keep talking about this. We need to figure out what our vacation budget is. And the other partner may say, I'm saturated. I'm, I'm just, I can't continue this conversation. And I think that that's that can be okay, but just to, to hear each other, we still need to finish the conversation. And maybe it's you decide, I, I can't weigh in anymore, and, but you agree to that. Some sort of respectful way to manage each other's need to, to have that conversation. I like that. Be able to take a step away um, mm-hmm. and come back to it. You don't have to focus 
on all of it today. I am going to take that my tip to myself for client <laughs> meetings as well. When I feel like the eyes are glazing over, I've gone too far. <laughs> in my terminology, I'll take a step away. Well, thank you. I feel like we could just keep chatting about this because there are layers um, and layers and layers to get into. But I, I hopefully the takeaway has been to just listen and maybe a little introspection into yourself. And would you have any final comments, Sheila, you'd like to add or any um, resources or play, you know things mm-hmm. things to consider if someone is struggling with, with money or anything else just in communication? I think sometimes spending a little time with ourselves, each of us, like when we're at a point in a conversation, let's say we're talking about money, like just being being curious and patient, having patience and compassion with with our own, you know, unique and individual experiences and and not letting our our past feelings about ourselves kind of be what directs our story and um and kind of just knowing we can we can grow and change and learn and um that it's a process just patience and compassion i would say well i like that well thank you very much for your time and we will put if you've got a website or link we'll also put some information in the show notes for you uh, so thank you for joining us today if you would like to learn more about rooted planning group you can visit rootedpg.com and as a listener if you've enjoyed what you're listening to please share it with your friends be sure to subscribe to money roots and leave us a review on apple podcast or wherever you stream your podcasts thank you you've been listening to money roots your go-to podcast for making personal finance accessible and approachable. Thanks for joining us today. Amy and her team have enjoyed guiding you through the roots of your financial journey. Remember, whether you're planting new seeds of financial knowledge or nurturing the growth of your existing financial plans, Money Roots is here to support you every step of the way. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and visit our website at www.rootedpg.com backslash podcasts for more resources. And of course, subscribe to Money Roots wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. A big thank you to the sponsor, Rooted Planning Group, for making this show possible. At Rooted Planning Group, they're committed to helping you cultivate a thriving financial future. Until next time, keep growing your money roots.